The Chicago Bulls lose yet again, this time to the Charlotte Hornets, losing a yet another game in which they have a double-digit lead, but then lose by double digits on top of that. This Chicago Bulls team is playing like absolute crap. And we're going to talk about that and reevaluate the moves that Acme has made thus far in their tenure as running this team. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me covering this terrible, terrible team. Um, it, it, you guys, If you guys saw the live stream last night after the game, you know I'm right now not wearing any Bulls merch. Uh, this is what we got today. I'll probably be in Bears merch for the rest of the week or month or year. I don't even know. Um, the 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 Chicago Bulls lose another game uh, to a sub-500 team, one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. But if you watch this game, you wouldn't think that that worst team in the Eastern Conference was the Chicago Bulls. They lost to the, at that time, 13-36 and 36 Charlotte Hornets that are now 14-36. and 36. The Bulls now move into a tie for the 10th seed, which the Washington Wizards own the tiebreaker as of right now. And they, if the playoffs were to start, would be in the playing tournament, and the Bulls will be on the outside looking in. This is the game in which Patrick Williams actually didn't shoot the ball the best, didn't shoot it too bad, too the worst either. He was six of fifteen from the field, one of seven from three point range, which he's one of our best three point shooters. So uh, that just shows you how bad the shooting was last night. He chips in five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block for fifteen points. Demar Derozan twenty one shots to get twenty eight points. Five assists, three rebounds. Listen, I'm not, the box score is what, what it is. But every player scored in the double digits. We got 11 total points off the bench. Kobe White looked like the best bull on the court for most of the day. That's just what it was. The Bulls shoot 40, 40% overall from the field, 16% from three-point range, which is ridiculous. Only 16 assists. They get 43 rebounds to the Charlotte Hornets, 52 rebounds. But the difference in this game was, even though LaMelo Ball was two for 15, from the field in this game, only shooting two, I mean, making two shots, which means I don't assume who did a pretty, the, the Bulls guards did a pretty good job of guarding LaMelo Ball. But the difference is when the, when the, when the going got tough down the stretch of the game, uh, LaMelo Ball got to the free throw line. He was 9 of 10 from there. He ends up with 15 points on 15 shots, which is not great efficiency, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, almost a triple-double. Mason Pumley looked like the better center out there. That was the player that I'm worried about. Terry Rozier got to cooking, 9 for uh, 19, 28 points. Again, both teams shot the ball like absolute crap. Both teams did. The Charlotte Hornets were 46% from the field and 21% from the three-point line, but the difference of the, of the fact of the matter is what made the difference between these two teams Last night was that when it got tough down the stretch, the Charlotte Hornets made the right plays. They played as a team. The Bulls did not know, once again, how to react once they got punched in the face. And that is the culture here in the Chicago Bulls and a culture that the city of Chicago does not deserve at all. A team that can't take a punch, that doesn't know how to respond. That when teams get to going and, and pushing the pace, things like that, this team looks like absolute dog crap. Everyone from top to bottom, nobody gets a pass. But really, Kobe White, and I'll give Iota Sumo a little bit of a pass, a minor one, a little bit of a pass, a little bit of a pass. Kobe White, even though he wasn't scoring with the most efficiency, two for nine, highly inefficient player, made the right plays on defense, made the right plays when moving the ball, was active, was tip. Like, Kobe White, the, the, this version of Kobe White is a, is a damn solid player, and he did not. And it's funny to say, but even though he didn't score the most points, even though he didn't do those things, this team did not just 
the, the, the points, and this is why box score does not matter. This is why when people get to using box score analytics to try to dictate the impact of a team, because you will look at the box score and say, hey, the starters did pretty good. We had, we had two starters with nine rebounds each, another one with five. Like, you would look at it and say, hey, they did okay. No, they didn't. Because if you watched this game, you would have seen that this team looked like a team that didn't want it. This team looked like a team that didn't have any extra gear. I don't want to hear nothing about the back-to-backs, the trip to Paris. I don't want to hear nothing about that. This team just did not have it for the second game in a row, and they lose now. Again, they are not winning the week. They at best could tie the week. And the Orlando Magic, we're going in to face the Orlando Magic tomorrow. And the Orlando Magic is are the team that matches up very well against the Chicago Bulls and very well could cook our asses. This team looks like absolute dog shit. That's what this, t- this team looks like. It's not good. It doesn't feel good. There's no pride in that. They don't have any pride. How can you have pride in a team that plays with no pride? Zach Levine, 8 for 19 in this game, 18 points. Not terrible shooting. We, it's not terrible. But again, he had nine rebounds, two assists, two steals. But if you watch the game, he looked like crap. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are, are the worst defensive one-two punch I may have ever seen in my life. And I, and I don't even use, I'm not even using that as hyperbole. I am, I really, truly mean that. They are terrible. Now, Zach has been kicking it up in a different gear defensively every every odd game or so. He's, he's had an improved defensive season this season. He has. I'm not going to let my frustration take away from that. But when it, when the going gets tough, he don't, he don't guard a goddamn thing. And his decision-making down the stretch is terrible. DeMar DeRozan can't stay from fouling players when with four fouls last night, all of them costly for the Chicago Bulls. All of them. This is this team is just not it. And it's and, and they may very well sneak into the plan. They may very well sneak into the plan. And I know some Bulls fans are gonna say, oh, well, let's blow it up. Blowing it up is highly unlikely and it's not happening. I'm telling you right now, if you're hitching your wagon to this front office blowing this team up, it's not going to happen. But let's start reevaluating some of the things that this front office has done in the last handful of years because it's it's concerning. Like when you really take a step back and look at it, um, first of all, the, the trade for Nikola Vucevic. Let's not even just focus on the trade for Nikola Vucevic. This team at that time, the Chicago Bulls were a young team with a coach in Jim Boylan that was so-so, right? Billy Donovan came in, tried to reassess some things, tried to do some things. And for a team to be a 32-win team with that level of young talent, there's something to be said with it. And I know a lot of Bulls fans right now are talking about Laurie and why Acme traded Laurie, but we already know. Again, even though I'm frustrated, we still got to be realistic here. Laurie was not staying. The Jim Boylan era of the Chicago Bulls all but closed the door and Laurie marketing staying a Chicago Bulls. So that's gone. But then when you look at trading Wendell Carter, you traded the younger player. And you also sent... Two first-round picks, one that already became uh, Franz Wagner and another one that could very well this season be a top-10 pick in the upcoming draft, and you traded that pick. You traded it, and you brought back Nikola Vucevic, who, yes, at that time was an all-star. Yes, that jump-started and, t- and said to the NBA, the Bulls are going to be trying to win. And somebody could e- some could even say, all right, does DeMar DeRozan come if Nikola Vucevic does not come? I understand that. But you mortgage your future in a way that – it's, it hurts. Yes, the Bulls didn't give up a huge amount of picks. I know I see a lot of people, especially Big T, that say, oh, well, we have no draft picks. We still have five out of our next seven draft picks. First round picks, I should say. But the Bulls still, you gave up something for a piece that you then didn't build the proper team around. Nikola, the Nikola Vucevic trade in of itself could have worked. But the fact is that the team that you built in that next following season, you did not build a team that was conducive to his mindset. The moment that you paired Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan, and especially because DeMar DeRozan has to play the three on this team, you then 
hampered what what impact Nikola Vucevic could have. Because guess what? If you look at their the, the overlap of their points beside, if you take away Vooch shooting the three-point shot, they get their points around the same area. So you brought in two players that are both basically post players by the way DeMar DeRozan plays, and it has not worked out. You drafted Patrick Williams, who still does have some promise, lacks aggression, things like that, and you have not put a development plan around him that has forced him to grow at all. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Now, some of that is on him and his aggression level. Yes, but it did not work out, especially when you look at like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey being drafted after him. You then make it, you also in that same season, you make a trade with Boston that y- you send Luke Carnett, Mo-, uh, Mo Wagner, trade player exception for Javante Green, Daniel Tice, and another trade player exception. The Javante, I'll say this. All right, you get a good on that trade. You got Javante, who, was a, who even though wasn't the main part of that trade, ended up being a diamond in the rough. For the Chicago Bulls. You then also trade Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson, and another trade player exception to the Washington Wizards for Troy Brown Jr., Mo Wagner, and 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 uh and cash. We did not hold on to Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, who honestly would be a really good backup for for this team right now. We ended up flipping Mo Wagner, sending him over to uh to Orlando. Troy Brown Jr., trash here. Trash also in, in LA. All right. You got so basically you got back for Daniel Gafford, who Yes, it's taking some steps back, but and who was not going to get that contract in Chicago. I understand moving Daniel Gafford. I know some Bulls fans don't. I understand moving Daniel Gafford. But what you got back for him, none of those parts are still on this team. None of them. So when you, when you make moves like that, it hurts the team overall. Lord Marketing, of course, we already talked about. He left. It's cool. You, you give him a, 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 a qualifying offer. All right, whatever. You end up having to trade him as a restricted free agent. Shout out to that. We go back to it. In the offseason, the offseason, they got us all rocking and rolling. You sign, you draft Io DeSumo. Great pick. That ends up seeming like it's going to work out. We like Io. He needs, he's taking a little bit of a step back again. Sophomore slump. We'll see what he ends up turning into. But you only gave Io DeSumo a two-year deal, and now you have to pay him. You have to pay him in restricted free agency instead of giving him a three-year deal so then you can still have an extra year of cap, of flexibility in the cap. Now you got to cut into your cap space or your, well, it has to be cap space because he was a second-round pick with a, two, uh, a two-year deal. You have to do that. You bring in Lonzo Ball, who, when he's on the court, is every single thing that the Chicago Bulls need. But he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the court. That, not of their own uh, uh, fault, it's just karma, has not been a deal that has been paid off in a big way for the Chicago Bulls as of yet. I do think when Lonzo comes back, if he can stay healthy, we're going to get value out of that contract. I do think that we will. But you did that. You draft Dalen Terry, who, while having a lot of the skill set that we need on this team, is not has yet to play a single well, meaningful minute. I don't think he's played a meaningful minute of NBA basketball. Marco Simonovic, you draft him. You give him the three-year deal. You should have gave Io. He is let yet to make 
an impact at the NBA level. The fact of the matter is this, is that the series of events that AK has, the series of moves that AK has made that led us here has led us to a team that does not have a clear path of improvement and that, ha- that the front office seems hesitant to admit their mistakes in these moves and make and, and do something different for it. It's not working. This team as currently constructed does not work. And while I do not, I'm not a proponent for blowing it all up and I don't think they're likely to blow it all up, part of this core needs to be broken up. I don't care if it's DeMar. I don't care if it's Vooch. I don't even care at this point which one it is. They're not moving Zach Levine. It's not happening. You can't trade Lonzo Ball and shouldn't until you see what he's healthy because him and Levine are backcourt that work really well when they're on the court together. But DeMar DeRozan, despite the, 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 the stats that he puts up, despite that, because yes, he's putting up great stats. I get that. But it's more to that than the game of basketball and building a team than just stats. And DeMar DeRozan, to me, should be a candidate to go because he has value. Because championship-level teams would be willing to give a bunch of picks up for him because guess what? This team is so far away from a championship window, there's no way you're going to open a championship window while you have DeMar DeRozan on this team. It's not possible. It's not happening. Unless Acme pulls some magic trick that nobody else in the NBA sees happening, it's not going to happen. So you have to look at it and evaluate where you are now and then try to do something different. And I don't think this front office is is ready to admit the mistakes that they made and do some things differently. And for the and blowing it all up is highly unlikely right now because teams see that the Bulls are struggling. Like usually it blowing it all up comes after, like like when you have more success, not while you're struggling. This Bulls team, this Bulls team is 22 and what? Like 26 or something like that. And they are even worse than that since our big run last season. It has not been a good season for the Chicago Bulls. It hasn't been a season that has much left much hope and despite having a nice 10 to 15 game stretch where the big three were actually putting up a positive point differential. We know that that has not been this big three since they came together on the Chicago Bulls. You have a team that does not shoot very many threes in a league that is built around three point shooting for the most part. Now, yes, you have some teams that don't take high volume number of threes like the like the Memphis Grizzlies. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but they're highly efficient in the way that they shoot it. And they still have an offense and players that play two-way ball. The construction of this roster, that I've said this before. I hell, I even said this last season when the Bulls were rocking and rolling and we were the number one team in the East. This roster, as currently constructed, doesn't have a championship uh, uh, ceiling. It just doesn't. It's not there. And so until this team is ready to start admitting those mistakes and start building something more meaningful, I know it sucks. But, I, oh, I said all that to, to bring it back to this. While we had a lot of young, unproven players on this team, there's something to be said about a young team that is figuring out how to win and how that is more attractive and more easier to build around. You now have a team with a bunch of people over 30 that really, let me not say a bunch, but two of your biggest pieces are over the age of 30 years old, and it's not going to happen in their window. It's just not. Unless you get, I don't know, unless, I don't know, Scotty Rodman, Joe Kim Noah, uh, Luau Dang, and, and Derrick Rose all decide to enter the fountain of youth and come back and sign one-year minimum contracts for the Chicago Bulls, it's not happening for this team. A championship window, window is not it. And you have built a team that is a, that it could be a perennial can, uh, chance to make a play-in, but is that really what you want? Is that really what AK meant when he sat here and said that this team needs and deserves more? AK sat there and said that they have to have improvement. That that is how they're going to judge this team and base this team on. You have to improve. That nobody should be surprised if the Bulls make the playoffs. But guess what? 
Where we sit right now, if the Bulls miss the play-in and are able to actually make the playoffs by avoiding the play-in tournament, there's a lot of people who's going to be surprised by that. So Acme, by your own quote and your own words, you have failed. You have failed. You have failed yourself. You failed this team. You failed this organization. You failed the players. You have, more importantly, failed the city of Chicago and the Chicago Bulls fans around the world. You have failed. And so if you're not ready to admit your failure, where the hell are we going to go? Where are we going to go? It's not, it's, it's a really bleak outlook. It has no clear path for improvement. We'll see what the Chicago Bulls team ends up doing. Um, man, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I'm frustrated, y'all. I'm frustrated. And there's a high probability by this weekend I'll be back uh, wearing Bulls gear. But I'll tell you what, right now, this team doesn't deserve for me to wear the logo of the Chicago Bulls on me. And I'm not going to do it until I feel the call or the need to wear it. That's just how I feel and where I am right now. You guys can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail for our weekend mailbag episodes, you can do so at 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. Like I liked it in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. I'm not saying see red because I'm not seeing nothing but black right now because I'm blacked out and I'm, I'm very upset with anger. But I love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.